This is Temple in Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Yes, welcome into Temple in Heilprin. We are live from Monk's Barn Grill in Sun Prairie. Plenty to get to today. Obviously, some basketball. We'll start with basketball. We'll also get to uh, some football topics as well. It is, uh, not, I mean, not necessarily a busy, busy week, Jesse, uh, on, on this front, but certainly for basketball, uh, a, a big win, needed win on Tuesday against Ohio State, and they found a way, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to get into some p- potential breakout candidates for spring football coming up uh, a little bit later, some overreaction or no, and maybe a little talk about College football, EA College football, twenty five. Little I, teaser. I saw that little teaser coming out today. I, I really hope there would be more actual video gameplay, but also <laughs> it's, like it's, zero. <laughs> it's February, and they said that they'll have more in May. But yeah, could not be more excited about that. It's been eleven years. Full reveal coming in May. Uh, I remember covering it, and I remember talking to guys like in twenty thirteen about it, like finally being on the game. Like Melvin Gordon was talking about, like finally being in the game, finally being good in the game, and then the next year when he would have been one of the best players on the game. No game, so yeah, this is a it's it's a special thing for guys, and they're going to get paid for it this time too. So that's there's there's that as well. I know some of them actually ended up getting paid like very small amounts. Yeah, yeah. Like, now you don't have to send in your SIM card to some random person on the right, internet, right? Who will then input the player names? <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm all for that. I honestly I won't play it because I feel weird as now an old person. Oh, stop it! No, but, absolutely not. It allows you to rekindle the joy you experienced when you were a kid, and you could build your dynasty and then uh, go bolt for Alabama or something like y- your, that. Your dynasty with uh, Idaho and playing at the, the the weird stadiums that some of the smaller places that you could go to. I I'm, I don't care how old I am. I'm going to play that game. I'm going <laughs> to kill it. I'm going to kill it. I actually a couple years ago bought 2013. I bought the I should say the 2014 and played it on PS3. For, for like a couple of weeks and then it just stopped working and I'm like, oh, but I paid like over 100 bucks for the game. Wow. Yes. So that, that that's how dedicated I am to college football. Uh, it's gonna, not going to be called NCAA because the NCAA apparently is not going to be involved in this whatsoever. It's going to be EA college football, but um, that's fine. I think that's just, that's perfectly fine. I have no idea how they're going to handle all the stuff that has happened in college football. Uh, transfer portal. and oh, I have, There's a transfer portal. There will be, but I'm oh, saying yeah. like how, how they're going to handle this, like yeah. This is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. I can't wait for it. Can't wait for it. Um, coming this summer at some point. We'll see. Uh, but let's start with basketball. You had a chance to be down with the Badgers earlier today at the Cole Center. They're getting ready to face Iowa on Saturday down in Iowa City. The Badgers beat them by double digits in Madison earlier this year. It's a little bit different environment down there, though they have lost three Big Ten games down there. It's not like they've been infallible whatsoever. I know that they did a race a pretty significant lead by Minnesota a couple weeks back uh, in one at home, but it's not as it's not like they're unbeatable at home. That's for sure. And certainly, Wisconsin's going to be able to score, but can they get enough stops defensively to, to get it done? That'll be the story of that game. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about what they were able to do on Tuesday night against Ohio State to get that win. A must, a must, as much of a must win as you could possibly have in that moment. I'm wondering for you, do you agree with this statement or not? I feel better about the Wisconsin basketball team now than I did before Tuesday's game. <laughs> Do yes. you agree or disagree? I very much agree. I'm glad. Really? You, I'm glad. 
Like, well, do you think should I feel worse that they beat I would Ohio feel, State? I mean, I could say about I'd, I'd feel, I would disagree with the statement and say I feel about the same. Oh well, you didn't leave that as an option. No, I def- absolutely did. You could disagree <laughs> with the statement and be like, no, I feel the oh, same. Okay, okay. I feel the same as way as I did leading in that game. Uh, they no, did, they I, did not turn things around like amazingly. It's not like they played great basketball. They had stretches of good basketball. But they also yeah. gave up, nearly gave up a 17-point lead. It was a 17-point lead, and it got down to five. Yeah. And it, all that stopped was Ohio State stopped making some shots. I still <laughs> I feel better about it largely because they were coming off a four-game losing streak, which they hadn't done for this program in six years. And I look at the alternative is if they lost. So, it's yes, you're right. They didn't play great basketball. But I think this was a good step that you needed to take. And we'll see whether they can build on it. But it was clear from talking to some of the guys today, and uh, Stephen Crowell, Nolan Winter, I think how important that was just for them. Mentally? Maybe mentally. I mean, I I think you get to a point, and and Steve said this, in that four-game losing streak, we just kind of got in our own heads a little bit, and the confidence started to dip. And I think that is not something they'd experienced really this season. Now, they did open the year one and two, but then they reeled off this stretch where they lost two games in two and a half months and uh so you start to wonder can we put it back together and yeah it wasn't great but <laughs> you needed something to move in the right direction so i i you were talking about this before you came on the air and i, I know you're going to be writing about it but i, I want to get into a little bit of this if you're okay with it um you talked with kirk petty today and the okay. offense that wisconsin is running this season is a change like we host a show called the swing on uh, with, with the podcast, it's not an accurate description of what they run anymore. I know we talked about it with Greg last year. He said it's okay; it's it's a brand you can you can still do it, but it's they're not necessarily running that anymore. And Kirk's been a big part of it. He's now their offensive coordinator. Can you explain a little bit behind what's that change? Yeah, well, I know I talked about this maybe a month ago, a few weeks ago, for a story that I had written that they run what's essentially called a ball screen continuity offense and it's something that uh, teams in Europe have done for a long time very successfully and I think I had mentioned I ended up going down the YouTube rabbit hole and watching like the Golden State Warriors run it where yeah. Steph Curry and Draymond Green Draymond would set a pick, a high, high ball screen and if there was a double Steph would throw like a no look over the head pass to him and they'd end up with an alley-oop dunk but for Wisconsin what's really fascinating is uh, Kirk Penny's role, he's basically he's a special assistant to Greg right now, and it, it's a new role that he just started this season. They just moved back to the area, but one of the teams that he was on when he was in Europe was Maccabi Tel Aviv, which is one of the premier teams out there in Israel, and they had won, I think Kirk said they'd won a couple championships, and they were going into year three trying to three-peat, and they implemented this system, and they were just wiping dudes off the floor with it, and uh, obviously he's had a lot of experience in a lot of different offenses, but when he was having conversations with Greg this offseason, they started talking about it, and it really has opened things up. And, and I also talked to Chucky Hepburn, and he said it, it, for him as a point guard, it's really opened things up. And I think we've seen that in the way that his assist numbers have come up. But basically what it's done is um, it's allowed them to have better spacing. It's allowed them to keep the ball moving. And the goal was let's not have seven, eight, nine-minute scoring droughts. And this is what's interesting as we're having this conversation. I, I'd forgotten about this, but when I was out there, if you go to, not that anyone listening can go to a practice, but if you look at the Cole Center floor, they actually have pieces of tape down on the floor in squares, like just square boxes, like four or five different boxes around the, the floor 
outside the three-point line. And that's meant to illustrate to the guys as they're practicing the spacing that they need to have in this offense. So um, that will be part of the story. But obviously Kirk Penny, a legend here, was a the first guy to be a two-time first-team All-Big Ten guy in 50-plus years. So he knows the stuff. He does know stuff. He was he was a part of the as a freshman, a part of the 2000 Final Four team. But then obviously was part of the first few teams that Bo had here that ended up being back to back Big Ten champions in 01, 02, and 02, 03. So yes, and then he had a, a long career as a professional, um, mostly overseas, right? Yeah, most mostly on mostly overseas. But yes, what what Chucky's done. You can. It has opened up a lot for him. Now he's still defensively. He's great. He's second in the Big Ten in steals, but he's also second in the conference in assist to turnover ratio. And we saw that the other night. He had seven assists, no turnovers, and that win over Ohio State. But have you ever heard of anybody being called an offense corner? That's what Stephen Crowell called. First time Kirk. I've heard of it. Um, there may be other programs that do that. I think this is going to be part of a an evolution that Greg does here, and it makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Um, Kirk's role basically is to focus on offense, to scout, to watch film, to help these players. And they've got a lot of assistant coaches already on staff who know a lot about defense, too. So um, I have not heard of it, but really fascinating. I mean, you see it in football. So you do. why can't you do it in basketball? Yeah. Uh, it, before we move on from the Ohio State game, so uh, did he get to the Badgers fire Chris Holtman? Is that? Is that <laughs> I think Chris Holtman fired Chris Holtman by coaching a team that lost 16 consecutive road games dating back to last season. Uh, if it look, I look at it like this: if it wasn't going to happen in Madison, it was probably going to happen a week later where they went somewhere else and lost. But I would say it speaks to. <laughs> First of all, how competitive the league is. Because he went to NCAA tournaments like his first four seasons. And they had 20-plus win seasons. Yeah. And they just have not been very good the last couple of years. They haven't, won a, they haven't won a road game since January yeah. 1st, it's 2023. Insane. It's absolutely insane. But my point is, if you're complaining about Wisconsin losing four straight, a lot of teams in the Big Ten. Basically, every and this is something that Greg said on Monday, by the way. Every team outside of Purdue in the Big Ten has gone through a lull. Not every team has lost four straight. But... They've all gone through lulls, so it's not unique to Wisconsin, but the Badgers are still in a really good position where they're projected to be a four seed in the NCAA tournament as opposed to Ohio State, which is uh, now looking for a new coach. I think that there are some things that are easier to deal with in, what'd you call it, a dip? No, what? what uh, a lull? A, a lull? Yes. Uh, when that lull includes blowing an 18-point lead. Not ideal. Losing at last place Michigan <laughs> and then not showing up at Rutgers. Yes. Not, not all lulls are equal. Oh, 100%. You can have a lull where you... Illinois had a lull when they, when they lost Terrence Shannon, right? Yeah. A little bit right. different. Right. Wisconsin lost Kamari McGee and then John Blackwell. Yeah. And I wrote a story uh, about the basketball team that's running Friday in the Athletic that tries to address, like... Where are we at here with Wisconsin basketball right now? I mean, I'm not trying to be negative. That's no, that, that's what I wasn't trying to be negative. But I'm they sure did I'll lose four bored. straight, and they went from going in a in a they, they went from number six in the AP poll, and you're thinking, all right, there's this Nebraska game, but they've got Purdue at the end of the week. Number two Purdue, number six Wisconsin. The winner of that game is going to have a chance to win the Big Ten. To like, they are just out of that race. Purdue has yeah. run away with it. Yeah. Um, now you're and, battling for a first round bye. Yeah, and um, so. It's reasonable to have these conversations now because it's really the first time we've seen the team play like this for a prolonged period at a time where you start to wonder, well, we've seen what the ceiling has been, but what can the ceiling be moving forward? Can they get back to that high level? Because we're looking now towards the NCAA tournament. 
can you get out of that first weekend, which hasn't happened for Wisconsin since the 2016-17 season? We were talking about it on the morning show this week. Uh, Wisconsin and Marquette got brought up as well because they obviously have not been out of the first round. Uh, Shaka hasn't been out of the first round or first weekend since he was at VCU. Which one would you have more confidence in, in making it out of the first weekend at this point? Wow. And w- uh, one team's probably going to have a better seed, so you would think a better opportunity, but that has not mattered. That did not matter last year. Yeah. It's tough. Probably Marquette. Um, well, the way that they're playing now, yeah. Yeah, they're 19 and 5. They went through one eight straight they games. Did, they did go through a lull. <laughs> it, it does matter when that happens, obviously. Um, there's still there's still enough time for Wisconsin yeah. to to get back on track as to what they were doing. They're, this isn't like they're having a lull in late February, early March, right? Like it's it's okay to have it in late late January, yeah. in early February. It, it costs them an opportunity for a Big Ten title, but it hasn't cost them an opportunity to get everything back. Right. They've got six regular season games left, so there's plenty of time. But again, it opens the door to questioning that we really haven't had this season about can they get it back? Because I think there are several concerns that have emerged and this is where you say do tell well please tell i mean i know we talk about this on the swing but yes they're a very deep team but you clearly need your best players to be at their best consistently and i think the three that stand out to me um aj store steven kral chucky hepburn the guys who have probably been talked about the most because aj when he's on fantastic he can get to the rim he's extraordinary He's shooting under 30% from three. He's one for 14 on three in the last five games or something like that. And there are times where I think he settles for shots that he could get at any time in the shot clock. If he can be aggressive, if he can get to the line and do that consistently, that changes the dynamic for them offensively. And with Steven, there are times where he just kind of disappears. He has foul trouble. There are physical big men who can take him out of the game. He only took, like, two shots against Nebraska, I think. Scored one point, only took four shots against Michigan. And he talked today about there are times where he can be a little bit too passive and think pass first when he couldn't be more aggressive. So there's that with him and Chucky, who we've talked about a lot of the things he's done well, but speaking of being more aggressive offensively, yeah. how many games has he had in the last 10 where he only took like zero or one field goals? I think he's had six out of the last 10 games where he just uh, only made zero or one shots from the field. So those guys have to play really well. And the defense and the turnovers and the three-point shooting and all that stuff, they've got to be at their best at the right time. What are the chances they are able to turn it back? Where, where, how do you feel about it? Um, I still I lean more toward that they can be that, they will be that team than what we've seen because the talent is still there. I don't think it's like dropped off a cliff. Um, but like some of those things are concerning. The turnovers, they're just, yeah. I know it's not a huge number. But it's a huge percentage. It's a big number relative to how many possessions Wisconsin has. And on top of that, the, the way they come in bunches, the fact that they had eight assists, 16 turnovers against Nebraska and seven assists and 12 turnovers in both games against Michigan and Rutgers. And they still had 12 turnovers against Ohio State. So, like, you just can't you can't have that. You've got to be more what you were against Purdue when you had five turnovers. It was 21 percent of the possessions they turned it over against Ohio State. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yes. <laughs> At what point do we just say that's who they are? Mm. Well, I thought one of the interesting things Greg said this week was, like, the shooting, the, 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 the offensive struggles, when they were shooting really well, it masked the other things that they didn't do well. Um, but that means they were not doing those things well all season, yes, right? Yes, yes. So, so 
I do think in part that is kind of who they are in some of these areas. What matters, what, what I think is most impactful for the run that they could make is getting back to that high level of offensive efficiency. Because, look, if you turn the ball over 11, 12 times a game, you can make up for that if you're really efficient offensively. And if you're going three for 19 from three, you have no chance. I know I'm just one of the million people that watch basketball and don't understand it, but uh, you you knew all these things were a problem throughout the entirety of the season, right? Mike, because he, this is Greg Gard's talking, masquerading, right? Like they, all yeah. these things that were going badly, he saw them. The assistant coaches saw them. Every coach, every coach in the country saw them. So what was, why have you not been able to fix them? Why have those not been able to, why have you not been able to, you know, change the way that your team is playing if you've, if you, as the coach, knows all these things and sees the game better than anybody else and has been coaching for 30 plus years, why haven't been able to, to try and figure out and, and figure a way to change those things and, and make them better? Because Again, if, if you're going to sit there and say all these problems existed all season, well, that's that's an indictment on the coaching staff and the play and the team itself for not being able to figure out a way around them. My feeling is they probably have made changes and tweaks that we don't necessarily see, but obviously what, what matters is result. the end result and the numbers. Um, again, I'm not one, I, again, I'm not one of the few that understand basketball, <laughs> but the I, I understand that when you turn the ball over, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to explain why they're a little looser with the ball. And, I mean, it's not horrible, right? They're they're averaging just over a shade over 10 turnovers per game, which I think is, like, still top 40 in the country. But what we're used to seeing at Wisconsin is, like, top five or number one in terms of fewest turnovers. It's, it's um, not about the number, like you said in no, the last. It's, it's not. not. It's and, about the percentage. And I should say, so uh, I'm looking at one of the advanced analytic websites that we have access to at The Athletic. CBB Analytics, and their turnover percentage, according to this site, is 13.5%, which is actually not that bad. But I think the thing is, it's when it happens. I mean, we're talking about on the heels of a Rutgers game where they had 11 turnovers in the first half and, like, four turnovers before they'd scored. Um, But so, I don't know. These have been bugaboos all season. I just think you're probably going to be looking at that for (laughs) what, what this team is, but... But the ceiling offensively, I think, is where they can separate themselves. And that's why we spend so much time talking about, wow, this team is averaging 75-plus points per game. It hasn't been done at Wisconsin in the last 30 years. That's what it's going to take, I think, for Wisconsin to be successful in March. Right. There's only so much so much you can do about talent, right? Like, you only have so much talent. This team has this has, team has enough talent. Yes, absolutely. It's the things that don't take talent that are so frustrating, I think, for, for, for fans, and I'm sure for the coaching staff and for, for Greg especially, knowing that... <laughs> Taking care of the ball is not something that takes talent, and uh, to get to drive that into their mind, shot selection doesn't take talent, right? It it doesn't. You either take good shots or you don't take good shots. Yeah. That's that's not talent. So it, it'll be something they're going to have to figure out. They got six games left here, right, in the regular season that's right. uh, before the Big Ten tournament next month in Minneapolis, and starting Saturday uh, at Iowa. This is Temple in Heilprin, live from Mox Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
Welcome back into Temple in High Oprin, live at Monk's Barn Grill in Sun Prairie. Talking a little uh, Badger basketball in the first segment. We'll talk a little bit more a little bit later in the show, but I did want to transition here to a little bit of football because spring ball, while still a month away, more than a month away, I want to get it. I want it to get here. I want spring to get here. To be honest with you, I want hey, March to get here. Can I interrupt you for a second? You sure can. Did I say something wrong? No. Okay. That's what I usually do, right? <laughs> uh, I heard Wisconsin lost another assistant coach. Oh, actually, we reported it. Industry sources. No, uh, we, we we reported it. No. Uh, Greg Scruggs. Yeah, he's 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 leaving and going to Michigan. I don't think we had a chance to discuss that. Uh, we have not had a chance to talk about it since it happened. Just did we, not talk, did we not talk about it last week? We haven't done a camp this week, uh, which hopefully we can still do. But uh, just wanted to throw that out there, man. They're, uh, you know, if they lose one a week by spring ball, I mean, we'll just always have something to write about every week, talk about. And yet when you look at it, it's like, uh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, it was actually going to be one of my overreaction or no questions. You can save it. Uh, I will. I will. We will talk about that next. Yeah, we'll talk about the next segment. Uh but I want to talk about breakout candidates for spring. Last week we talked about some of the guys that were under-the-radar players going into spring, but I wanted to talk about some guys that maybe could have breakout springs. Um, the funny thing here is, and a little behind the scenes, I told Jesse, you know, just to give him an idea so he, he wouldn't be like wouldn't be just thrown on top of him right when, he, right when I asked the question because he has complained about that in the past, uh, about me just throwing stuff at him and him not really have a chance to think about it. So I did, and then I also told him which guys I was going to take. And then he gets to Monks tonight. He's like, I think we should have done like a snake draft. Yeah, man. The three, guys, the, top the three guys I took would have been guys that he would have uh, considered. But that said, you first. Go ahead. Which... No, you, you've got to give the <laughs> – since I can't even give them, why don't you just give your top three? My, my, well, I'll go, I'll go my first one here, my, my top one. And it's going to be a lot of people's top one. It is Dretch Kahuna. The guy had a fantastic bowl game. He certainly probably had a fantastic – uh, bowl practice, I assume. We didn't get to see any of them, but I, I assume he had some good bowl practice and ended up having a chance uh, to play in the bowl game and showed out. Um, had more yards in that single game than any single game that Skyler Bell had this year. I think him and him and Will Pauling in the slot together are going to be are going to be dangerous. Are going to be dangerous, and if you get them on the same side, maybe maybe even working himself on the same side with them, that could be, uh, I think. A, a problem for teams. So he would be num- my number one. We've also seen him top 21 miles per hour uh, in those things that Brady Collins puts out. I don't know. Again, we're not going to put a ton into it, but we've seen that speed on the field, though, too. Yeah. And, and it's it's legit. Uh, Tanner Mordecai talked about that, I think, during bowl prep when he was asked about Tretch, or, or at least late in the season when it was clear Tretch was going to be a part of, of uh, the offense in some capacity, that his football speed is how he described it. And obviously he's got speed speed. But I remember watching, I think I've talked about this, that he posted a clip of his summer camp at Wisconsin. So when he was trying to earn an offer and the way he could cut and stop on a dime was embarrassing, dudes. Like someone actually <laughs> fell over and you could hear in the background all the other campers ooing and awing. So it, it, you just you cannot teach that. And the way that it's translated very early is certainly encouraging for what he can do here. Yeah, that'd be that's that's my top one, the one I'm looking forward most to watching. I don't even know that I have a number one, and I, I think I said this off air. I kind of just want to go with an all-transfer portal breakout candidates. Which you can do, because I don't have any of them. <laughs> we've seen a lot of guys, and I don't know. Uh, I just want to see the newness here. Let's get, let's get to the new news. So I'm going to go, uh, this is not a number one, but to Wee Walker. 
transfer running back from Oklahoma. Since we're just talking about breakout candidates in the spring, uh, Chez ain't playing. So someone's got to get those carries, and I think it'll be a good opportunity to see what he can do. He ha- at least has experience. He's got more experience as a running back than anybody else on the roster other than Ches Malusi. So I'm not saying it's going to translate to a 1,000-yard season next season, but like there, I, there are guys who are very clearly going to help the team next season, and I think he's one, like Jackson McGowan at tight end. I want to see what he can do. We didn't, he didn't barely play at LSU last year, but he was a top 25 tight end out of high school. He was committed to Cincinnati when Luke Fickle was there for like a year. They don't have a lot of tight end right now in terms of uh, production. So those are a couple of offensive guys that are transfer portal that I think have breakout potential in the spring. Since you already gave two, do you want to get number three then as well? No, you go two. We'll just kind of snake it this way. That way I can actually come up with a third. Or a uh, my, my number two guy uh, was going is going to be, but well, actually just real quickly on Tyree Walker. The reason I would not pick him, I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying for spring ball. How much contact are we actually seeing in, in spring ball? And he is a contact dude, right? Like he is a he's he is not necessarily going to slip you. He's going to be a guy that's going to try and run through you. And I don't know how many opportunities you actually get for that in spring ball. Well, that, that is true, okay. but I also think someone's got to earn the majority of the carries. And I mean, I, there are obviously other guys: Jackson Acre, Cade Yacomelli, Nate White. But they, I don't think. Yes, in part brought Walker in as an insurance policy because you don't know with Ches Malusi's injury history. They didn't want to run the same problem they did last year. Yes, but he's coming here to play in some capacity, I would think, yeah. unless one of these other guys surpass him, which is quite possible. Gideon Atuka's an early enrollee. The other two four-star running backs are going to be here in the summer. But I, I think he's going to get a lot of carries. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my number two is Joe Brunner. Is he exact, I had him as a breakout candidate last spring. I'm just going to stick with it until it actually happens. And There you go. I and, like it. And this time around, it feels like it's got a, a good chance of happening simply because of what is on the offensive line. We've, we've talked about this, right? They lose Tanner Borolini. They lose uh, Michael Furtney. Those are two spots open. But, obviously, Jake Renfro is probably going to be your center. Joe Heber is going to be one of the guards. you got your two tackles. There's a guard spot open. Joe Brunner has that opportunity to step in there. I think a guy we talked about last week also has a chance to, to step in there. In Bo Benshaw, excuse me, um, J.P. Benshaw, just go on right through the Benshaws. Um, so I think has has those opportunities. But Joe Brunner, based on what his little, the very little that he's played, breakout candidate. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if it's cheating to pick transfer portal guys who have been actually successful and therefore have technically broken out, Gonna but they haven't, they haven't do it done anyways. it. With, I don't consider it cheating. There's no asterisk here because they haven't done it at Wisconsin. So... I'm going John Pius because I want to stick with this all-transfer portal theme here. He's an FCS All-American at William & Mary. He had some of his best games against FBS competition. Granted, it's not like going in and doing it against Oregon and Penn State and USC. But still, I think it gives them a dynamic at outside linebacker that they desperately need. Someone who can get after the quarterback, is athletic, who can impact the game in that way. We didn't see a lot of that last year. And so someone's going to start. Yep. Opposite Daryl Peterson. And I think it very well could be him. Now, Leon Lowry is another candidate, another transfer they brought in. But I'm really interested to see what, what Pius can do with this opportunity. So my my guy on the defensive side of the ball, I, I didn't think about it enough. I should have. Christian Allegro is the guy that I picked. Mm-hmm. But when you think about all the transfers that they brought in, is he going to be able to play over Ajaheem Thomas? Is he going to be able to play over 
a tack of Curtis? Is he? I mean, we already know Jake Cheney is is still there. Obviously, Sebastian Cheeks is another guy that inside inside, inside linebacker. They added so many guys there, but he is the and and obviously uh, they have some you know younger guys coming in as well. He is the long, lean, fast type of linebacker that they would want. We saw him get some time in passing situations last year. But can he overcome what they brought in? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Man, That's I think tough. it's going to be really challenging for him to do that. That doesn't mean he can't have a role. And they clearly thought very highly of him last year. But or, yeah. Thomas is coming in here to be the starter at yep. his position. Tackett Curtis, I will be surprised if he's not a starter, but Jake Cheney is going to have something to say about that. And everyone else is behind them in my mind at, at this point. But you, look at the speed, though. Practices like of, of, look at the speed that Jake Cheney's yeah. put on, and you just wonder how you keep that. If you yeah. a, a defense that 100%. needs speed, how you keep that off the field. And maybe he's the starter, and Tackett is the first inside linebacker up after them. I don't. That's not the worst situation in the world. He's just going to be a sophomore this year, so it's a really good problem to have an inside linebacker, one they would have loved to have had last season. But Allegro is going to factor into that. Absolutely. I'm trying to think of some other guys, potential uh, ones that we haven't talked about. Uh, you know, hmm. an Amari Snowden, a yeah. guy who everyone has talked about, sure, but is going to have opportunities. Michael Mack, speaking of transfers, who did not get an all, a, a lot one. of opportunities last year because of not being eligible until the bowl game, he's got a chance, you know, to to flash. Um, a Jace Arnold, some of the some of the young corners that maybe didn't necessarily get th- those opportunities last year that that could jump up and. And have a chance. My Listen. thought at corner is that it will be Ricardo Hallman and Nizier for Kareen on the outside, and presumably R.J. Delancey, the That's transfer the that yep. they brought in in the slot. But you need more than three dudes, as we've seen. So I'd be, I'm really interested to see what that second rotation looks like and how they fit in. Because Michael Mack, I think, is a great example. He might have helped them last year. I don't know what that rotation would have looked like. It's it's they hard to say because we saw a little bit of him in preseason, but they also knew what his role was going to be, which is he wasn't going to have a role because he was forced to not play. So, yeah. it, But that the young talent there is really exciting, and I just love Snowden. 6'3", six, 6'4", six, dudes who play that position don't grow on trees. And he also is on that list of, of guys, so he's got some he's got some get-up-and-go. Uh, we haven't talked about that list, but I, I need to point out one guy in that list, this week's list. Because we kind of talked about him not being a, a dual threat quarterback, mm-hmm. um, but Tyler Van Dyke was twenty some twenty miles an hour uh, on that list. Again, it doesn't mean anything. It's not like he's come out and beat Tanner Mordecai and run all over the place. But he's got a little bit more athleticism than maybe some people give him credit for, including myself. Yeah, I think and, so. And it also would suggest that he's as healthy as he has as he's been, because he obviously has been dealing with some lower body stuff throughout his time at, at, at Miami, and if he's doing that type of stuff, then maybe uh, maybe he is as healthy and could be back to what he was, younger, the younger version of him with the Hurricanes. It's a very good sign for Wisconsin, and we've gone all this way and haven't even talked about him on the show, but whatever happens to this team will be dictated by how well he can play. It starts and ends yes. with him. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. All right, coming back on the other side, a little overreaction or no? This is Temple in Heilbrunn, live from Mox Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. 
Welcome back into Temple and Heil, Britain, live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, as we are every Thursday. Love this place. Thursday is drink special, the $5 Long Island iced teas, $4 spotted cow taps. Mm. Jesse got some food, per oh, usual. Yep. He's, uh, you are a consistent eater when you come here. I, yeah, I, I can I, expense account this, right? Yeah, well, I I would assume so. I don't know what your expense account looks like. So No, I meant... Uh, oh, on me. My bad. Oh, sorry. Yes, let me pull out the company card and, and, and get your meal for you. Um, all right, little overreaction or no. Uh, we This is the exact same question I asked you last week, mm-hmm. but we at least have an update on it because he is now back in the NFL. Jim Leonard right. has coached his last game in college football. Is that an overreaction or no? Hmm. Or no? No. Not no. an overreaction. Okay. Why do you it, say that? It just feels like it's headed in this direction. I mean, wh- I would have to ask at this point, what is it that he wants to do with his career? My thought would be, he not, he's not. I just don't see him being a college defensive coordinator anywhere other than Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, the NFL has always felt like it suited him. He had a ten-year career. He was essentially the coach on the field in the back half of his career. I do wonder, though whether he'd want a head coaching opportunity and if that were the case to me I would think it would be in college largely because of what he did at Wisconsin on the other hand if he goes to Denver and kills it and I have no reason to believe he won't be successful he's still very young you can still have a very upward trajectory and put yourself in a position to be a defensive coordinator which would seem to be the next step and potentially a head coach down the road I just, I don't know, man. The, the changing landscape of college football, I think, makes it a lot harder for you to want to be a part of doing all of that stuff. But maybe down the road, he'll come back to Wisconsin as the head coach in 20 years. Well, I had some I had some thought about it this week because I'm like, he just doesn't want to be a part of what this is right now. I don't think he wants to be a part of yes, what, yeah. what college is right now because you don't know what college is on a day-to-day basis. It changes on a day-to-day basis based on whatever court ruling happened that particular day it sucks it absolutely sucks and so to be a college coach to to be a defensive coordinator to be a guy that has to go out and recruit and then recruit your own team like it's just not it's not fun no it's not fun especially when it's not about the money for you and and so i think down the road once this all gets figured out and it's going to get figured out and i think it's going to get figured out sooner rather than later because I don't think it's ten- the situation right now is just not tenable for college coaches and, and college athletics in general, that I think he could come back once everything is situated and it, it feels a little bit more, not normal, because we're not going back to what it was, but like normal that it's the same way year to year and you're not all of a sudden having to change who you are and change what your program is every single week and every single month to, to change to what the actual what college football is. And that's a great point, Zach, because what college football is now means there are so many things that are not about football. When you're in the NFL, it's only about football. You're not in charge of the salary cap if you're the DB's coach for the Denver Broncos. You don't have to deal with how much money someone's making or somebody coming in for free agency. When you're in college, it's all that stuff, like you laid out. And especially the condensed window that they have in December is horrible, December and January. Yeah. But... If all you want to do is coach ball, the NFL is a pretty good place to do it right now. My biggest question is the stability or lack thereof in this profession in general. Jim found himself, and he earned it, 
in a wonderful position at Wisconsin. He could come back to his alma mater. They could build a house in the area with his, his wife and three young kids. And it was stable, or as stable as a position like that can be. Anywhere you go from this point forward feels like, what's the shelf life on that kind of a job? And I think that has to be, and I'm sure it is, a really strong consideration for what is it that I want to do with my future? Because you want to be able to put down roots somewhere. Yeah. The easy answer is just be successful, but that's what every coach says. <laughs> now, easier said than done. Easier said than done. All right, so you mentioned the Greg Scruggs thing earlier in the show, but Wisconsin is not a destination job for assistant coaches. Is that a overreaction or no? It's an overreaction because it depends on the guy. Um, like, I think there are some coaches who come here and talk about this place as if it's the pinnacle. Um and those same guys leave the next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that may be true. Um, I don't know, man. It's uh, I don't know what to make of what's what's happened lately. But I will say the three coaches who have left after one season for another job, it made sense why they did what they did. First of all, and we've talked about this off air, uh, none of these guys are from Wisconsin. None of these guys have ties here. And for as much as you want to bemoan how the last tenure ended, and you have every right to do that because they were going backwards. The people who were here had deep ties, and they were so invested. And that's not to say that the assistants who come here under Luke that have no ties here previously aren't invested in being successful here. But I do think it makes it easier to pick up and go somewhere else. For sure. But all three in particular, like it makes sense. Mike Brown obviously said that if he was going to go anywhere, it would be for Marcus Freeman. That makes sense. They worked together at Cincinnati, obviously had a good relationship. I don't know what kind of money Mike Brown's making there because Notre Dame's a private school. It's probably more than Wisconsin. Maybe. The previous wide receivers coach didn't make as much as Mike Brown was making at Wisconsin, but you would think they so, knew what so, his salary was. So we know it's we know the previous Notre Dame guy, right. but not well, the current one? Our Notre Dame reporter's good. Uh, I don't know how he got that, but generally you don't know like the full salary assist, uh, information for all the assistants, but like Colin Hitchler going to Alabama. All right. Well, Alabama's pretty good. Making more there. Defensive coordinator he had ties to, South Alabama. Yep. Um, and the last one, Scruggs, going for to play with the national Ford, champion. Shrum, and also Sharon Moore, who was at Louisville um, as a coach. And Scruggs played there. But he also, yes, more like he also left the NFL to come coach with Luke Fickle. Yeah. Wasn't that the, the whole thing about him coming? Like, it's. It, you can say whatever you want in the moment, it, but I don't put a lot of stock in it. Yeah, it's, uh, what was the original question here? I feel like I've gone on a Wisconsin is not a destination job for assistant coaches. It just depends. Uh, but the, here's the other thing that I would say generally, and I've said this before. Assistant coaches, they don't stay assistant coaches forever. If you are good, you will get calls from other programs. and That's fine. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, Because me, it means you did a good job. Here's my thought on this. If a dude starts leaving to go to Georgia State, Wisconsin's got problems. If well, they're you, going, I mean, Georgia State's head coach left to be a yes. men's coach at South Carolina. <laughs> exactly. Um, so so yes, I would agree with you on that and one. And the other part is, who is Luke Fickle hiring to replace them? And so far, I think he's made some pretty darn good hires, at least on paper. The biggest problem here, to me, is the lack of continuity when it comes to recruiting. Yeah. I think for the current players, it sucks. I mean, they're going to be on their fourth offensive line coach in as many seasons, and that is not easy to play through. But it's even harder to try, I think, and build relationships with guys. Look at the Owen Strebick situation, the offensive lineman from Waukesha committed to Notre Dame. It's not ideal. No. Not not ideal. Uh, is going to be a Wisconsin guy at defensive line? Is it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Unlikely, this but who knows? Is, this, is the, this is the fifth <laughs> opportunity to 
to fill it with an, a Wisconsin guy? Since Luke Fickle said he wished he would have filled his first staff with an offense. Well, maybe he changed his mind. Maybe it was just specifically no, about having no, Jesse. Bobby we're going to continue to bring it up. Going to continue to bring it up. <laughs> All right, going to close up the show on the other side. This is Temple in Heilbrunn, live from Mock's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back into Temple and Heilprin. Final segments here as uh, we wrap the show up. I We're going to be doing an episode of the camp coming up tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about Casey Robach because uh, you had a chance to chat with him and put out a story. And he's a, he, he is the true Wisconsin guy, is he not? He's the only Wisconsin guy, it feels through like, right through. now. Loves it. Yeah. Loves what this place means, what it what it represents, and that's why he's here. Doesn't have to be here, but it's a good job. He doesn't have to be here. He's another guy that. How much time did he spend in the NFL? It's not like he not financially needs to be here. He yeah. wants to do it. He wants that. I think he wants to drive it. I mean, we talked with him last spring uh, on the camp when I did those interviews. You know, getting to know some of the inside guys or like the, the guys behind the scenes, and he was honestly one of my favorites because we were able to talk. Late 90s Badger football, which is right mm-hmm. up my alley. Ron Dane and the rushing record might have come up. It, it might have come up. It might have come up. Um, you know that's coming up on 25 years? Wow, you're it, right. It'll be the 25th anniversary true, this, this fall of that, of that team. So there may be an episode or two about that coming up mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> this fall. I, actually, you know what? I guarantee you there, there will be, and I'm going to mention it a lot because uh, he still owns the record, right? Uh this, the uh, the Rose Bowl that he put up 201 yards in, I believe, against uh, Stanford, extended that record, and that he continues to own. Continues to own. Um, mm-hmm. You know who was you know who was great in the game uh, NCAA football. Was it Ron Dane? Ron Dane. Yeah. I hope he was a 99. He wasn't. He. I mean, he, who was he? he, he was, because he lacked the speed. He was in the 90s. He was yeah. in the 90s. But he used to be able to do like Brooks Bollinger. Option runs with him, and people get so pissed. You would just you would just flip it at the last he, second to run the, and take off. He was the Bo Jackson of Tecmo Super Bowl for the late '90s PA Sports College crowd. He was. He, I mean, he was for me at least, at least. But that that is honestly, I, I can't wait for it. I honestly can't wait for it. Who do you think is the highest rated player for Wisconsin in that game? Ooh, you know what? <laughs> That's I think it's a about, great story topic, isn't it? Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of funny. I was doing the morning show this week, and people were like throwing like questions at me. I'm like, "You guys are just doing my work for me at this point." Like, yeah, creating content. It was, it was the the someone someone Hunter Waller. That was going to say, but someone someone someone's question was, "What uh, your all time Badger team for the last 20 years?" Right. So put that together, and then as I was doing, I'm like, "Do you think the last 20 years team could beat the year could could play against the 20 years before that, and, and which team would win?" Oh, the current. I don't know. No, think think of some what of the dudes that, that they o- had in the eighties. So oh, three. It was twenty. Th- no, oh four to twenty three. Yes, but I, I threw in three so I could put put Lee Evans on my team. Oh well, but, then. But oh four to twenty three versus eighty two to to. Uh, Who's your quarterback on that team? Bollinger. 
Bollinger, Bevel, Garrett, uh, um, I'll take Randy, Russell. Randy Wright. Yes, you get Russell, right? That's that's the difference. I mean, he's obviously the difference maker, but Lee Evans, Chris Chambers are your wide receivers. You've got how many running backs you can choose from. you got Troy Vincent and Jamar Fletcher on the outside. Like, you can put some dudes out there on defense to stop them. Look at – go. I mean, just – I'm telling you, it's not as – clear cut as you think it is that's a fun that's a fun topic i like that i'm just telling you all right so hunter Wooler hunter Wooler would be the the, the top ranked guy yeah it oh man who, who, i mean i bet you just based on just based on uh reputation that like jack nelson would be probably high up there i i know it's, dude don't make that face you know it will be you I, know who else is going to be way up there ricardo Holman will be way up there based on what he did uh, Stats-wise, like he's going to be a guy that's going to be probably pretty high up there. I have no idea. I guess what, Ch- what, Chaz will be up there. This comes out in July, so we'll we'll know then, right? We will. Yeah, we will. I think Chaz will be pretty high. Chaz will be pretty. So, who, is Chaz the highest ranked offensive player? I'm going to go. Oh, will Pauling? Yeah, yeah. Pauling might be the highest. I don't With know those two. They just they just better give they better respect Tyler Van Dyke's speed. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They, they, but they you know what Wisconsin needs to do? They need to send Brady Collins tweets to EA to make sure that they I think you're right that they, that they get his speed. Correct. I think you're right. It will be the fastest team in the country. And how many people are putting Nick Evers in that game right away too? Because his speed, <laughs> his speed is going to be. I thought about that. His his speed right. Well, there's just run the option with him. People are going to have a package for yeah. for uh, <laughs> for Nick Evers. Luke Fickle may not. Phil Longo may not. But the people at uh, at EA, they're going to make it so there's going to be a package for for Nick Evers. But I, I again, I, I'm so excited to talk about it, much <laughs> less play it. Like, yeah, I want to see what it looks like. It's going to be good. Like, they, obviously, there's people that have been playing that 24 uh, 14 game, still, you know, still play it all the time. But it's going to be it's going to be electric. All right, we'll be back next week. Going to talk badgers and uh, Hawkeyes and, and everything else going on and getting closer to spring ball. Thank you for listening.